leading up to this inquiry, there has been a lot of pressure to include India. And so I think to do so, that means a spy agency, CSIS, needs to take all necessary steps to investigate any potential wrongdoing or any suspicions that they may have, just as they would for other cases of alleged foreign interference, whether that's by China or Russia or other foreign states. Hey everyone, Stephen Maguziak here, and this is Sources by Press Progress. We are a proud member of the Harbinger Media Network. So today's episode is about foreign interference, a term being thrown around a lot in Canadian politics. This particular story surrounds the nomination of a very well-connected politician within the Conservative Party establishment back in 2019, Arpan Kana. To his challengers, his candidacy had the appearance of a candidate favored by the party establishment being parachuted into a safe Conservative riding of Oxford, Ontario. This in itself isn't unusual. The nomination battle was fierce and bitter. In the aftermath, it drew accusations from within the party of shenanigans. Again, not exactly unheard of in coveted safe ridings. Occasionally, this sort of thing will even lead to investigations from authorities. Normally, the investigations will be carried out by election oversight bodies or, in serious cases, the RCMP. But in the case of Arpankana, there appears to be an ongoing investigation from none other than Canada's National Security Service, or CSIS. All of this is happening amid a national conversation around foreign interference in Canadian democracy and in the run-up to an upcoming public inquiry to investigate the extent of it. Joining me in this episode is Press Progress reporter Romnik Johal, who investigated the strange situation surrounding Kana and what happened in the Oxford riding in 2019. Thanks for joining. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. You were saying you had some mic issues. I'm not really noticing them on my end, but what exactly happened again? Your dog ate the wire? Yes, I made the mistake of leaving my wire that connects my microphone to my computer just on the edge of the desk. And I don't know what my dog thought it was because normally he doesn't chew wires, but he chewed it up and destroyed it. And so I currently have no wire for my microphone. So. We're, we're hanging on by a thread here. <laughs> all right. Well, fingers crossed. You sound all right to me. So we're here to talk about a piece you put up pretty recently. That's honestly just absolutely wild. So um, from my understanding is that at this point, you have multiple conservative party, and these are federal conservative party insider sources that have confirmed an ongoing CSIS investigation into an MP named Arpan Kana in Ontario. Let's just start it out broad. What can you tell us about Kana and his political background? Right. So Arpin was a candidate in the federal election in Brampton in 2019 for the Conservatives. He was unsuccessful at the time, but he's been involved in politics for quite some time. He was a former Jason Kenney staffer, and he was also the Ontario co-chair of Pierre Polyev's leadership campaign. So he has been involved in politics for some time. He's definitely well-connected. And most recently, he was in this very chaotic nomination battle in a southwestern Ontario conservative riding called Oxford. And so Arpin was successful in winning the conservative nomination and then went on to become the MP of that riding. Tell us a little bit, I guess, about the riding. What is Oxford like? Oxford is a very small town 
kind of like farm country area from what I've heard about it, although I've never been there, I will say for the record, from what I've heard through my conversations and my research, it is a very small conservative town in southwestern Ontario, not something that would generally raise flags by CSIS, but in this case, for some odd reason, it, it has. So that is concerning to obviously people across the country, but also those within this small, close-knit community. So we're talking about a very safe, conservative riding, and those tend to be very coveted within the party. Is that a fair way to describe it? Like, if you get the nomination, that's basically a guarantee that you're going to Parliament. Exactly. It is a very safe, conservative riding. And, and exactly, once there was that uh, seat that opened up sparking a by-election, uh, there was definitely a bitter fight to win that nomination because there was a recognition that the conservative candidate would likely uh, become the new MP of, of that uh, writing. And like, I guess one thing we've seen with nominations, particularly in safe conservative writings, those are often the ones that get the most vicious in the fighting between the contenders. And there's often like a favored one. This nomination in your piece was described as contentious. You have some insider sources that have talked about quoting in their words, monkey business during the nomination race. Can you break down a little bit about what that monkey business might have been? Like what happened in that riding in 2019? Yeah, so even at the time, it was very well documented that the nomination battle was quite chaotic. There was kind of this sense, even on the ground, that there was a favoritism towards ARPIN. And this is something that conservative sources kind of reiterated to me now but even if you were to, to go back and look through a lot of these articles, two of the people who worked for the riding association quit after Arpin successfully became the candidate, uh, partially because they felt that the entire process was, yeah, it didn't, it didn't seem fair. Um, there was a, another conservative candidate who was uh, disqualified just a week before the nomination meeting. There's kind of an abrupt disqualification, which again is widely documented. And the former MP in Oxford who retired, which is what sparked the by-election, he even went so far as to endorse the liberal candidate uh, in the riding at the time because he truly felt that there was inappropriate endorsements by a lot of these upper-level party members, including uh, former leader Andrew Scheer, who was also endorsing Kanna, which is, is not common practice. And, and in fact, he was fined in November of this year for endorsing Kanna or filming a video endorsing Kanna in his office. So there was a lot going on at the time. It, it was very chaotic and it's well documented just how contentious that the battle really was. Yeah, there's nothing like a nomination battle to just trigger an absolute war of conservatives fighting conservatives and like often seeing it play out in the media, but whatever happened here appears to have triggered a very serious investigation from intelligence officials, which is something I've never seen before. Tell us, Ramnik, what do we know at this point? So I became aware of whispers about a potential CSIS investigation into this writing, and multiple sources had passed on this information that there was a investigation into the writing, into the nomination, but also specifically 
Arpin Kana's name was mentioned to me. Now, obviously, that's not enough information to go off of and, and to have any reason to believe that this is the case if it is just whispers. However, um, one source who was actually interviewed by CSIS, I was able to get in contact with them, and they basically told me that they were contacted by uh, CSIS agents who also visited their home and interviewed them about the nomination race, but also specifically asked questions about ARPAN. And so they kind of mentioned that they were aware of some kinds of suspicions or quote unquote monkey business around the nomination in Oxford. And they were just kind of trying to follow up on on some of this. And so the source told me that they visited their home and asked the question of, quote, why ARPAN? And essentially why the party was pushing for ARPAN to win the nomination, as, as it seemed at the time as well, that the leader and former leader were really going out on a limb to endorse ARPAN, a candidate who, like I mentioned earlier, had previously ran in Brampton. And so people in the community were also kind of cognizant of the fact that they didn't believe that ARPAN actually was from the riding. Obviously, this isn't an uncommon practice. However, it was just very interesting that ARPAN was pushed so heavily in Oxford. And so the CSIS agents asked this source if they knew what the connection was between Oxford and India, which the source says that they didn't believe there was one and that, quote, it was a safe conservative riding. And so, yeah, it just seemed like something fishy was happening here. Obviously, CSIS doesn't just start visiting people and knocking on doors, or so I thought. I later learned that this is sometimes common practice in CSIS investigations to simply act on information that they've heard. However, they're not just going to be knocking on doors unless they have uh, some reasonable suspicions or potential kind of whiff of, of some kind of wrongdoing or threats to security or just something of that nature. So that's kind of where this all started. Okay, so just to confirm, Arpin is, I guess, would you describe him as a bit of a parachute candidate? Like he's not someone who is known from in the riding. He's not from the riding. He just sort of came out of nowhere. Well, that's, yeah, that's what the sentiment was at the time. And, and I want to be clear, uh, people, the party as well, kind of dismissed that comment as being racist. But I want to be clear that after speaking to people in the community, there wasn't this insinuation of attempting to be racist to believe that Arpin didn't belong in the community because that was not the sentiment. It was simply that a candidate who had previously run in a different Ontario city was now not only running in this riding, but was also being very well supported by the party in this riding. And I think that's where people's questions kind of arose. And then that's where uh, this conversation kind of started. Right. So like, you're right, like in itself, it's not a terribly uncommon practice to sort of parachute a candidate and a favored candidate. Right. Exactly. Another thing that uh, absolutely fascinates me about this is like you were saying, is it's actually not uncommon for CSIS to go door to door. I didn't know that. And another thing I didn't realize they did was leave a business card with the CSIS logo on it, which apparently is what happened. And you were 
shown the card and followed up on it. Can you tell us a little bit about that part? Because it's one of my favorite parts of the story. Yeah. So I, again, in, in verifying this story, obviously basing this on the conversations I've had, as well as uh, this source in particular who was visited by CSIS, in order to do my due diligence as a reporter, I wanted to ensure that there was proof that this meeting even happened. This wasn't just hearsay. And so I asked the source if they were able to provide any sort of documentation of that visit, obviously, to prove and to corroborate this story that CSIS was, in fact, making the rounds in Oxford and asking questions and popping into people's homes. And essentially, the proof that they were able to give me was a business card. And so it was a plain white business card that had CSIS, their embossed logo, along with the name and contact information of the CSIS agent who visited this source. And again, I didn't have any reason to believe that this was real at first, because again, doing my due diligence as a reporter, I have to recognize that this could have been not a real <laughs> business card. Or if somebody were trying to refute my reporting, they could insinuate that it was not. And so the only thing that I could do was to call the number on the card. And so there was a phone number and a name listed on the card. And so I gave them a ring. <laughs> And the first thing I asked them was what their name was. I said, is your name blank? Because that was the name that was printed on the card. And they said, yes. And they asked a few questions. I then disclosed that I was a reporter and that I was doing my due diligence as a reporter, given that somebody had given me information regarding some kind of investigation in Oxford and that they were given a business card. I did not elaborate further, and then that's when the CSIS agent said they could neither confirm nor deny who they worked for when asked if they worked for CSIS, but then they went on to ask me if, quote, this is in regards to Arpan Kanna. That's the part that's wild. They just volunteered that. Exactly. They volunteered that information. I did not say anything about Arpan. I did not mention his name. And at the time, the only thing that I had to link Arpan into this investigation was these conversations with these conservative sources. The only thing that I was 100% clear on was the fact that CSIS is investigating the Oxford nomination race. However, this CSIS agent then went and mentioned Arpan's name to me, asking if my questioning uh, or the story was in regards to Arpin, which I did confirm that it was. And the CSIS agent then told me that they look forward to reading my story. And that was the end of the conversation. And so then I subsequently followed up with CSIS's media department asking if the, if the business card matches what their business cards look like. Obviously, they said that they were unable to confirm or deny the graphic design or general appearance of their business cards for obviously privacy and employee safety reasons. And they really weren't able to give me much further uh, information. However, I did get a source on background, a national security source, 
to confirm that the business card produced by the source does match the appearance of official business cards issued to CSIS employees. So I was able to verify that. I just want to take it back just a half step here. Um, just going back to the monkey business part. Can you tell us any more about what the allegations were? Like, are we talking about like things that we've commonly seen in nomination battles or allegations of things like voter ID fraud? What was the nature of the um, allegations against ARPAN? Well, at the time, the CSIS agents simply were just asking questions related to the nomination and about ARPAN and India. They didn't disclose what exactly they thought had happened, but they did ask questions and poke around wondering why ARPAN was being put forward as a candidate. And it appeared, according to my source, that they were trying to get as much information as possible about what had happened at the time. But upon speaking to Dan Stanton, the director of the University of Ottawa's National Security Program and a former executive manager with CSIS, he kind of clarified to me that a nomination race would not itself fall under CSIS's jurisdiction. But an investigation surrounding something like foreign interference, which could explain the questions around ARPAN and India, would fall within CSIS's jurisdiction. So at this time, we're not 100% clear what exactly CSIS knows or doesn't know about the writing, about ARPAN, about India. What we do know is that those are the kinds of questions that they are asking and that they are, for whatever reason, poking around and investigating something to do with Oxford and ARPAN. And so Stanton kind of clarified that Obviously, any kinds of issues with an election or nomination race aren't necessarily within CSIS's jurisdiction. Obviously, we have Elections Canada and other electoral bodies that are responsible for uh, looking into things that are involving elections. But CSIS and CSIS's activities are more so within threats to national security, foreign interference, espionage, etc., is what Stanton was saying, the various reasons that CSIS would do an investigation. He said that there really has to be a target of an investigation before CSIS would start to poke around. So if they are interviewing people, Stanton says that he believes it would be linked in some way to hostile activity in Canada based on information that they could have received. We've seen these nomination races being investigated before. Like I'm thinking of examples of it going on in Alberta and like whenever serious allegations come up around them and shenanigans happening during nomination battles, leadership races and the like, it's always the RCMP investigating it, like domestics. So what we're seeing here is a likelihood that they're investigating actual foreign actors, foreign governments interfering in Canadian democracy. And it's all happening while this very hot topic of foreign interference is going on. Yeah, exactly. And, and I also spoke to Stephanie Carvin, uh, Carleton University International Affairs professor and a former CSIS intelligence analyst. And Stephanie also added that the reason CSIS could be investigating is because of this added pressure to investigate threats of foreign interference and how there really is this, again, pressure to get to the bottom of these threats to democratic institutions and, and in this case, uh, nomination processes. But Carbon was also very clear to note that intelligence doesn't necessarily equate to evidence. So that's why we can't definitively say what the reason is for CSIS investigating uh, this nomination. 
obviously they have a reason to get to the bottom of if they think something has happened or if they have a suspicion that something has happened. But the fact that they are gathering intelligence and interviewing sources doesn't necessarily equate to evidence. So we really have to be cognizant of that and aware of that. However, what this does tell us is that they are poking around and they wouldn't poke around unless they had some kind of information that would warrant uh, their investigation. Yeah, which leads me to wonder, and I don't even know if you can even speak to this or not, but like, what do you make of the mood, if you will, like within federal conservative circles close to this? Like, I, I imagine CSIS agents going around talking to people might spook a few people. I imagine the atmosphere might be a little bit even on the paranoid side with this kind of just going around. What have you seen on that front? Right. Yeah. The multiple conservative sources that I spoke to, I think it is concerning because, again, it demonstrates a threat to our democracy first and foremost. And so I think threatening the integrity of our elections, threatening the integrity of our nomination races undermines the legitimacy of our democracy. And so I think there is a real concern that regardless of what went on in, in this case, there is a desire to get to the bottom of it. There is a desire to allow the CSIS investigation to take place as it needs to and run its course just for the sake of, of again, protecting our, our democracy and really the integrity of our democracy, which, which is exactly why we have this foreign interference public inquiry into electoral processes and, and democratic institutions which India was just before the inquiry started, India was added to that inquiry as well. So that I think is telling for sure. But I do think there is this real appetite for people to want to see these concerns be addressed because of all of the revelations over the past year. And speaking of those democratic institutions and Canadian democracy, we, we also, I guess, know that uh, ARPAN has some interesting connections to establishment conservative figures, big names, including Jason Kenney, Stephen Harper, and others, if I'm not mistaken. Would you please take us through his political career in that world, domestic or, say, internationally? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, Arpen had a long political career, as I mentioned earlier on in the conversation. He was a former Jason Kenney staffer, and Kenney endorsed Arpen when he ran for the Brampton North Conservative candidate. He was obviously unsuccessful at the time, but Jason Kenney was a supporter of his. And then, as I said, Arpen also was the Ontario chair of Pierre Polyev's leadership campaign as well. He had some sort of a relationship with Stephen Harper as well. And throughout his political career, he's been involved in some advocacy surrounding India and really strengthening relationship with India. So he developed contacts with the Indian government officials and diaspora community groups in Canada. And according to his LinkedIn, he worked closely with government officials on Prime Minister Narendra Modi's 2015 state visit to Canada. And he also was a senior advisor to former multiculturalism minister Jason Kenney, and definitely has been involved in a lot of conservative organizing as well. I don't recall, does he have connections to Polyev? Like current direct ones? Polyev was one of the people who endorsed him as the Oxford candidate. 
Um, they've been seen together a lot, but beyond that, there isn't really like much of a public facing relationship between the two of them. But it's clear based on how Polly have supported him that yeah, there was definitely some kind of a relationship there. What about the I? But but also beyond him, beyond him, we're obviously working on Polyev's campaign, which is why I think they have such a close relationship. To what extent do you think this is a knock-on effect of the upcoming public inquiry into foreign interference in federal and electoral processes and democratic institutions? Like, in other words, like, do you think this investigation would be going on if we weren't kind of in this current political moment in Canada? Yeah, I can't say for sure, because I'm sure there has been plenty of contentious nomination battles across the country in in years past and decades past. But I think this one in particular captured the attention of the spy agency of this country for some reason. And I think that is precisely because of the times that we are in leading up to this inquiry. There has been a lot of pressure to include India and so I think to do so, that means a spy agency, CSIS, needs to take all necessary steps to investigate any potential wrongdoing or any suspicions that they may have, just as they would for other cases of alleged foreign interference, whether that's by China or Russia or other foreign states. So I do think, especially on the heels of the killing of Hardeep Singh Niger and Surrey, BC, outside of Agordwara in last year, I think there really is this pressure to get to the bottom of some of these threats to national security that comes as the urgency continues to grow as more Canadians either are being threatened, their lives are being threatened, or our democratic processes are being threatened. Speaky stuff. Rumneek, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone. Bye. That was Press Progress reporter Rumneek Johal. Sources is edited by Eric Wickham. If you like what we do, check us out at pressprogress.ca. In some recent news, Press Progress has joined an exciting new journalism initiative called Unrigged. Unrigged is a collection of independent Canadian media organizations that all came together to combat the fallout from Bill C-18, including many of our favorite indie news organizations. Unrigged features great investigative stories from coast to coast that mainstream media might miss. You can find articles, newsletters, podcasts created by some of the best independent journalists in the country. Be sure to sign up for their newsletter for weekly updates on the top stories from across the country at unrigged.ca. I was your host, Stephen Maguziak. Thank you for listening. <laughs>